Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to London's Leadership Podcast. We want to make it possible for anybody to lead and everybody to thrive. Hello and welcome to London's Leadership Podcast. Today we have the legend, David Allen, of Getting Things Done. Um, I've engaged with the Getting Things Done methodology for some time and I've seen the scene and, and can witness to the, to the benefits of it. And we have the author himself here with us who's going to walk us through the methodology, talk us about his book, how he came about writing it, and hopefully we'll leave the podcast being the most productive we've ever been. So, hello, David, how are you? Hi, Fernando, I'm terrific. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. So why don't we just start? How did you come up with um, the GTD method and how, how did you come about writing it, writing the book and everything before we head into it? Well, first off, most important factor is I'm the laziest guy you ever met, right? So, uh, I don't want to spend any extra time doing anything, being distracted by anything. I love freedom. I love to follow my spontaneous, intuitive hunches about what to do. I just discovered that that's hard to do if you don't manage all the levels of commitments and things that have your attention and the things you're engaged with, especially as your life gets more complex as you get older. It doesn't get simpler, guys. You know, it gets, it gets more subtle, gets more complex, gets more intricate. Um, and so, uh, I was very hungry myself just for my own tech, to, just to discover techniques for myself that would keep me clear as my life got more complicated. Uh, I was very much attracted to clear space in my head through meditation, spiritual practices, martial arts, you know, that I was engaged in in my twenties. 
And uh, then as I discovered stuff that worked for me to keep me clear, keep me under control, as my life was more complex, I turned around in my initial consulting practice and uh, turned out that those techniques worked exactly the same for everybody that I was working with. More control, more focus, more space, more room to focus on meaningful stuff, more energy. You know, if you did this, and these were best practices that I began to uncover, not one night. I didn't wake up one morning with all this in my head. It was a slow burn of epiphanets, if you will, you know, over time. But I began to put those together and uh, it became something of a, of a pretty well-defined methodology. And then somebody in the corporate world saw what I was doing. They said, wow, we need that whole, in our whole culture, can you design a training around this? So I did. And that was highly successful. And then I spent the next 25 years in the corporate training world, uh, basically training hundreds of thousands of people and coaching hundreds and hundreds of executives with this methodology and testing it out. Then at some point I got coached that, gee, David, you know, you ought to write the book. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay. So then, you know, I spent four years and wrote the first edition of Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity that was published in 2001. And then that kind of threw me onto the global stage because it kind of hit a nerve out there, it was a bestseller translated into 30 languages and so forth. And the, the world kind of then was knocking on our door. I wasn't particularly entrepreneurial or aspirational about any of this. I was more an educator and a researcher than, a, than an entrepreneur. But we couldn't hold the world back and we couldn't hold this stuff back because anybody who implements any of this methodology is gonna improve their life and their work, no matter how much they use of it. So. We said, well, well, let's not hold it back. And the world seems to want it. So then the last 10 or 15 years, we've worked on how to scale this on a more global basis. So now we have licensees around the world and we've trained master trainers to do this coaching and this training around this methodology. So there's a very short version of a very long story, Fernando. <laughs> Great. So, so, so let's just get to it. So let's start by what is the, what is the process? What is the methodology? And yeah. And let's go through well, the steps. Yeah, there's a basic principle that I uncovered 35 years ago that the cognitive scientists have just now in the last 10 years validated that your head's a crappy office. Your head's for having ideas, but not for holding on to them. So a lot of what this methodology is about is externalizing the things that have your attention. I need cat food. I need a life. I need a vice president of marketing. I need uh, the research and use mobile phone service, et cetera, et cetera. So that there are actually five stages that we actually all go through to get any kind of situation more under control and more focused, whether it's your kitchen or your consciousness. The first step is you, what's got your attention? What's not on cruise control in your life and work right now? You don't have to go very far. Just notice, you know, what's popped into your mind and what will be popping into your mind aside from listening to me and Fernando right now while you're watching us or listening to us. Where's your head going? Oh, I need, oh, that's like, don't forget. Oh, I got to, Yeah. It's all that kind of stuff. So that's the first step is to basically capture those things that have your attention. So it's a, there's a five-step process, which is quite simply capture, clarify, organize, reflect, and engage. So capture just says what identify the stuff that's not on cruise control. What's not where it is, the way it is, or what needs some decision or some action potentially done about it. So you need to identify that, write it down. In other words, <laughs> you know, get record it somewhere, but get it out of your head. Because the cognitive scientists have basically validated that the, the maximum number of things you can keep just in your mind and still be optimally cognitive is four. 
And most people have hundreds of things that are on their mind or have their attention. All they have to do is open a drawer in your desk of your house or open the boot of your car and see what's in there that doesn't belong there, you know, permanently. And so, why so, does it have your attention? Yeah. So would you say the first stage for anybody listening, if just try and drop down everything that's, that's that, that you've everything. got going on. Don't prioritize, life. don't organize, don't, don't make any decision about it. It's not a commitment to do any of that stuff. It's just an unload process. Get so clearing your mind your and just any, yep. anything. So it could go as little as, oh, I need to fix the button on my coat to I need to hire an executive assistant. Whatever it is, just write it all down. And Absolutely. that's the capture phase. Yeah. If, and if I were to coach you or someone individually, I would have a big stack of just printer paper, just white paper. And I, every one of those thoughts we'd put on a separate piece of paper. And then we'd throw them into your in-tray. Once you had an in-tray, a lot of people listening to this don't even have one. That means your life is your entry What's as that? opposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's that thing that's accumulating emails while we speak, you know, both in okay. a digital world, but it's also a physical one. What, what about your mailbox? What about all the stuff that's piling up out there? What about the notes you took in the meeting? What about the receipts you just came back with from the, you know, come on, yana, yana. You're not going to get rid of paper. It's, it's reduced given PDF files and so forth, but it's still there so anyway the, yeah so we would just just unload all of that okay and by the way for most mid to senior level professionals anyway that takes one to six hours there's not a lightweight event so you can only remember one at a time so most people aren't aware of how many things they actually have their attention on so that's step one is to identify those things that are pulling on their consciousness in some way or pushing on it Step two then is don't leave those piles wherever you wrote all that stuff or those lists. You want to then go through each one of those things and clarify specifically what they mean. So the step two is clarify. Is it actionable? Yes or no. If it's not actionable, it's either trash reference or incubate put on hold to review later. If it is actionable, then you need to answer, ask and answer. What's the very next action I need to take to move the needle on this? And if one action won't complete whatever this commitment is, you've got a project you need to track too. So outcome and action thinking needs to be applied to every email, every business note, everything, you know, that you're obviously writing something down right now. When we get off this, you're going to have to decide, okay, what do I do with all that? Which is relevant stuff. So then clarify step two. And then once you clarify, then you organize stuff based upon what you clarified. That's trash. That goes to where trash is. That's, ooh, that's something I need to move on. Oh, you know, that's a website I need to surf. So I need to be, put some reminder to surf that website if I don't do it right now. So then we need to just organize a step three. Once you've made a decision about what the actions are and the outcomes are that you need to keep track of, then you need to organize that. So just as an example, so I've written down everything that's in my mind. So I've got to fix my code. I've got to hire this. I've got to create a document that, exp that, that basically reorganizes the organization I'm a part of. I've written those things down. Then for each of those kind of pieces of paper, because I've written each of those in a separate piece of paper, I then kind of write, if, there's an, if there is more than one action, I create that into like a project. If not, if it's just one action, I just do it there. there, and there. If it takes less than two minutes, you do it straight away. And mm -hmm. if, but if you can't do an action, you either trash it or you file it or something. So let's say I've got all the different pieces of paper. I've created next actions for them. And then that's when we start organizing. How many next actions should I write? 
as many as uh, one, two, three. Well, you just need to know what's the very next thing I need to do. Or just the very you next know. thing. Well, just the very next thing. But sometimes if you've got a big project that may have three or four different uh, components to it, each one of those may have its own next action, as okay. long as they're not dependent on each other. See, okay. if you've got a project called Fix Your Coat, there's probably only one next step. Right? <laughs> and you'd have to figure out what that is. Is it call the tailor, just drop it off at the tailor? Or are you going to just pick up thread and needle and try to fix it yourself? So you're going to have to make that decision. But you've got a project. If that were me, even, even a simple thing like that. I often have small little projects. I'll get my, I just got my watch fixed. You know, the battery ran out on something. So fix watch was on my project list. Okay. Right. Next so, step, take next. it to IWC, you know, the store and have them figure out what to do with it. Okay. So, so we've got the diff, we've got, we've got everything that was floating around in our mind. Then some of the stuff we could just trash because it didn't really matter, but some of it, okay, I, I found the next action, the next, the very next thing I need to do for each of those things to come to pass. And now we go into the organized phase. Right. So now you need to, if you can't finish the action right then, you need to park some reminder of it so it doesn't crawl back up into your head. Right? You don't want to have to keep rethinking anything. Like, what do you need to do about my watch? What do you need to do about your coat? What do you need to do about the VP you need to hire? You don't want to have to keep rethinking that. You already made that decision. So park the reminder of what you need to do next to move the needle on that. If that's the only thing you had to do in your life, and I'm going to pay you a million pounds, Fernando, to start moving on the coat, you know, where would you go? What would you do? Would you pick up the phone? Would you surf the web? Would you just go, you know, take it into your car and drive and go, you know, what, 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 what's next? And I think you mentioned earlier before we even started recording this, that that's kind of one of the biggest challenges is to make sure that your next actions are as granular as they need to be. Once they are, then you park those in appropriate reminders. See, I have a list called errands. I've already decided the next step on this thing is go out when I'm out and about and pick that up at a store or drop that off somewhere or do something out there. But I've already decided that's the very next thing to do. So I don't have to keep rethinking what to do. It's just when I go out for errands, I just look at my list of all the stuff I could potentially do. I don't have to do them all, but at least I'm not missing any. And we can get very efficient about going out and about. So the organized phase, how do I organize the next actions then? Um, well, you could just put them all on one list if you wanted to. Well, for, some actions need to happen on specific days and times. Those go on your calendar, your diary, right? But anything that you just need to do as soon as you can in and around all your appointments and other things you need to do, you just need to go on, on a next actions list. Now, the truth is for most fairly sophisticated you know, professionals, uh, they usually have more than 100, 150 next actions. You know, so, you know, websites to surf, documents to draft, things to review on the web, uh, things to talk to your life partner about, things you need to talk to your business partner about, things you need to talk to your assistant about. You know, if you really, if you really do do the inventory of capturing and clarifying, you know, you're going to wind up with over 100 next actions. So over the years, people have found it's just much more convenient and a lot easier to navigate if you organize those next actions by context. What's the tool or location or situation I need to be in before I can actually do that action and then organize them that way? That's why I have an errands list. I don't need to see, I don't need to see errands unless I'm going out for errands. I don't need to see what to talk to my wife about unless she's here, right? So th those are all on separate lists simply because I don't need to see them all at one time. Yeah. So I found that know, organizing by context and context could be fairly simple. Hey, look, here's all the actions I need to do at home. Here's all the things I need to do when I'm in my office. 
here's all the things I need to do when I'm on the computer. That's fine. Just sort of that way, then it becomes a little easier to move to stage four, which is reflect on what to do out of all those things. I found I found that to be very very helpful because I went through a phase where I just had everything in one 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 big pile, but then it took me so much brain power to look through everything to decide. So yeah. let me just go through through. So in my organized days, um, the different lists I have is the big projects list. Then I have kind of like my phone list, things that I can do on the phone, things that I can the computer list, the next actions that I can only do on a computer. I have also have an errands list. Then I have a homes list, things that I need to do at home office list things when I need to do things just in the office and yeah. then I have like things that I'm waiting for list like when I've sent something to somebody and I'm waiting for them to reply and I also have like an agenda list like when I need to when I the next if I remember something I need to say to somebody and I have that list where I can speak to that person and then they're all separated so that's Good for you yeah that's that's about what my list is that's about my system so we go from the organize and then we go to sorry what well, number four was reflect, reflect. Reflect. Yeah. Well, you need to take a look at the contents and then make decisions about how then step five is how do I allocate my attention or my activity right now based upon what I've just, this whole inventory of options. So the reflect phase. So yeah. And reflect can take on a lot of different forms. I mean, one reflect anybody who's listening or watching this right now, that's looked at your diary in the last two or three days and just did that. So I need to locate myself in space and time. Where do I need to be next? Or where do I need to be the next day or two? You know, what's going on? So just even stepping back and looking at your calendar or your diary is a reflection process where you kind of lift up and, as we say, manage the forest instead of just hugging the trees. So you're, you need to get up out of the weeds and take a look around and say, okay, should I do errands this afternoon or should I take a nap? Or should I, you know, draft a business plan? Or should I whatever? And so... You know, how are you going to know what all the options are unless you have some sort of externalized brain that has been capturing all of these possible things to do? So there's multiple levels, as you probably know, if you've read my book, that, you know, there's six fairly definable horizons that we have commitments. What's your purpose? Why are you on the planet? What's your vision of doing that successfully? What, what are the goals and objectives you need to achieve over the next, you know, one to two years to make the vision happen? What are all the things you need to maintain, like your health and your finances and your relationships and your spiritual life and your dog, you know, to maintain so that you kind of get there in some sort of balanced, happy way? And then what are all the things you need to finish? What are all the projects you have about it? And most people have 30 to 100 projects. Get tires on my car. I need to clean the boot of my car. I need to, I need to paint the kitchen. I need to hire a vice president. I need to see if the kids really should take karate lessons or not. You know, those, are all, those are all projects. Most people have 40, 50, 60 of those. So if you want to know how do I set my priorities, we'll say, well, give me the inventory of your options. And most people don't have a clue. So <laughs> the first thing to do is make sure you, you've clarified all those different horizons of commitments that you actually have. So that's the reflection process. And then, of course, all the actions and specific next actions you need to take about any of the moving parts of any of those other horizons. Emails to send, documents to do, you know, all that stuff that would go on your action list are things that are generated out of those other horizons you have commitments about to move on. And so the reflection is just making sure you step back and take a look at the whole game. There's no way you can do that in your head. One of the things that I found um, probably most beneficial is that is, I guess is does the weekly review fall into the reflect phase? Of course, that's yeah. probably the main operational review that most people are lacking. So the, the weekly review, um, 
was is actually I found the most the most I mean unbelievable because once you go through the first stages in sometimes I, I, I would, I would go through phases where I'm like, Oh, I kind of know what I'm doing. I'll skip the weekly review. But then what would happen is I'm kind of trying to use this list, this brain, the GDT method, but also my brain. And then I'm actually starting to get really confused and I'm starting to slow down. And yeah, you don't trust either one. I don't trust either one because I was like, Oh no, I'm supposed to put that. I didn't put that my head saying this. And then, but then when I started getting into the habit of the weekly review, I could feel my mind laser focused going into the next week and now i never miss the weekly review because it's almost like it's 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 kind of like um just refueling and getting ready for the week and it and, sure. it, normally, and it normally it takes like an hour hour and a half to just go through your last week all the lists that you did what did you do what didn't you do what emails did you get what emails did you reply to who are you still waiting for what what were you supposed to do you didn't do what have you got coming up the next week and when your mind allow, when you allow your mind to like think through all those things, you allow yourself to properly analyze and and focus and know what you need to focus on in the coming week, so that when the day comes, you know actually I need to put my energy here, here, and here. Not well here. said. Can I hire you? That's a <laughs> that's a great advertisement. No, no, no kidding. No, that's exactly right. And it's one of the toughest habits to build. You know, you have to. You know, people ask me, when do I do a weekly review? I say, whenever my ambient anxiety reaches a certain point where I go, I got to catch up. See, yeah. the world is constantly changing. And there's nothing new these days except how frequently things are new. And so being able to then bring up the rear guard on some consistent basis so you get current again. Come on, everybody listening to this has had stuff happen in the last three or four or five days, but they haven't had time to sit down and figure out what am I committed to finish about that? What's the next action on that? You know, but so when are they going to do that? You know, so me too. You know, I've, I've, I can't, I have to eat my own dog food, as we say. I mean, I, 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 I'm fellow student. I fall off my own wagon regularly. I just don't stay off. I go, wait a minute, I'm off because I just had this new thing show up, and now I have to recalibrate and refocus and rethink, you know, what's up and 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 what's finished and 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 so forth. So I have to do my own version of this regularly. I don't think anybody ever ends that that game. But de defining at least what the game is, whether you fall on or off, at least you have, at least you know what the game is. <laughs> you know how to get back on. Yeah, the weekly review is is critical. So, so then, number five, how to allocate our energy? What, what yeah. would you? Yeah, just do do one through four. <laughs> You've captured, clarified, organized, and reflected on all of it. Then feel comfortable about what you're doing, and it's basically just going to be an intuitive choice. There's no software, there's no template, there's nothing's going to tell you what to buy for your mom's birthday. You're still going to have to do that. Right? You still have to make these decisions about what to do when you look across the field, essentially, of all the options of things you have to do. You just need to make that a trusted choice, so it's not a hope for a choice. Yeah. Most people are making choices based on what's latest and loudest, and they just hope they're not missing anything important. And latest and loudest sometimes is the best thing to do. You just need to make sure that that's okay. So you can only feel good about what you're not doing when you know what you're not doing. It's like so. the, the, the urgent and it's like the, the important and urgent thing and the not urgent, but important thing that I think when we don't do the getting things done method, I think we always just focus on their here and now the next day, what we're just putting out fires. But I think the GDT methodology allows you to, to focus your energy and your efforts and your brain power on the things that actually matter in the long run, but not 
but actually, and at the same time in doing so, you don't miss out the thing that I need to put out of the fire because you've already thought through that and you're able to put out fires sure. while at the same time um, building the foundations for tomorrow. Yeah, if you really, really implement GTD, you don't have that many fires that show up. Yeah. Um, you're so you're when, handling when, when, they, when, they, when the, the first smoke starts, you, you handle it, you deal with it, you know? Yeah. So guys, I just want to, we just, me and, well, well, David actually just went through the, the framework very, very quickly. And it, it, to, be, to be honest, it takes some time to get used to just like any new habit. It's, it's, a, it's a way of life, a new habit that we build to actually improve the way that we do life. So I would strongly encourage you to get the book, Getting Things Done. Also, I would encourage you to go on the Getting Things Done website because there you can get in touch with some coaches, some training that they do, but also you can download some very, very, very helpful PDF methodologies on how you can install apps. And basically these PDFs walk you through how to install the app and how to get the methodology running in your day-to-day -day life with the app. I personally use an app called Todoist and I've been using that and I found it very, very beneficial. But you, 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 you could find whatever app they, they use, Microsoft Outlook, they have it for Evernote, they have it for all these different apps. So find the one that suits you, be patient with it and, um, and, and it, because it works and it will really, really improve the way that you do life. David, what would you say? Any last words? No, just stop using your head as your office. It's a crappy office, you know, just get it, somehow get it all out. And then just figure out, you know, what do you need to do to get stuff off your mind? You know, my criterion for prioritizing, my criterion for what to do with anything and how to organize anything is like, what do I need to do so I don't need to think about this again? Doesn't mean it's finished, but it does mean I'll see an appropriate reminder at the right place at the right time. So that's the only criterion about, you know, how do I organize? How do I implement all this? Well, why is stuff still on your mind? There's usually an inverse relationship between on your mind and getting done. So the more stuff is on your mind, the more it's probably hung up and you're the bottleneck. So what do you need to do? What do you need to decide? What do you need to make a, a choice about? And where do you, what, how do you need to organize that so that some part of you doesn't have to worry about it and it's going to happen. Yeah. Thank you so much, David, for your time. And thank you so much to everybody listening. Go to gettingthingsdone.com to find out more and make sure you get the book. Thanks so much. See you next time on London. Thanks, Fernando. This was fun. Yay. If you would like to work together, ask us questions, or even get involved, you can email us at hello at londonsleadershippodcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you and see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.